been, has it not, this COVID season, has it not been the weirdest season ever? Is it not the weirdest season ever? I don't think I've ever experienced in my lifetime a season like this. It's just been weird. I can't remember a season in my life where I have been more interested in the news. I am so interested in the news. Every day I get up, I don't watch it on TV. I actually read it on my phone. But, you know, I get up every day and I'm keen to know, what are the COVID cases in Victoria? Poor old Victoria. You know, they just got out, now they're back in. What's happening there? Then New South Wales, because it's a little bit closer, right, geographically? It's like, oh, oh, poor old Sydney. They don't seem to know when they're going to get out of this current lockdown. And I'm glued to the news. COVID numbers in Queensland, I'm like, glued to it. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And, you know, it might be just me, but I don't know about you. But, you know, when the lockdown happened in Brisbane and the, and the other places um, a week or so ago, who sighed a a corporate sigh of relief that COVID didn't seem to manage to make it up the hill to Toowoomba. It kind of finished, sorry, with COVID, kind of finished at, at the bottom of the hill and we didn't have to mask up and we felt very fortunate, didn't we, that, that um, it didn't quite make it to us. I've never seen anything that is so isolating and so polarising, not only in our community, but our state, state against state, our nation and the world beyond. And there's just so much information out there, so much information. Every time I look at Instagram, I look at Facebook, I don't look at Twitter, but people tell me there's stuff on Twitter, my, new, my news feed, the news app that I look at, there is just so much information out there. And I think we need to be careful. I do think we need to be careful with this because I don't know whether you're aware, but the, the algorithms with what we look at on our, on our phones and on the, on the web are so good at making us see a particular way. So what you pause on, what you read, what you pay attention to, what you search is what you will see. So if you are looking for something, for the gloom and doom, if you are looking for the conspiracy theories, if you are looking for the bad, you will certainly find it and it will keep coming up in your feed. But if you are determined to look for the good for the best, for the optimism, that will come up in your feed. And I think we've got to realise that because we get in this bubble of everything is bad or everything is awesome. I think people are struggling to be in the everything is awesome side at the moment, but it's like everything is bad. Everything I read is bad. Everything I read. And I think we, we have this fragile reality at the moment that we're living in that can be so easily pushed you know, over the edge of into fear, into despair, into depression, into worry. We have this reality that we're clinging to at the moment. And if we're not careful, if we focus on the wrong things, everything can appear like Eeyore. You know Eeyore in, in um, Winnie the Pooh? It's always a dark cloud for every silver lining. Everything was terrible. So, We know that our words have great creative power. Proverbs 18 tells us that the power of life and death is in our tongue. It's the way that we speak. We can either speak life or death, or we can build up or we can tear down with the words that we say. And every time we speak, we sow seeds into our own lives 
and into the lives of others. And I would suggest every time we read what other people have written, we sow seeds into our own lives and into the lives of others. And I think we need to be able to choose the seeds that we're allowing to take root in our lives. We get to choose that. We get to choose whether they're seeds of fear and doubt or seeds of faith and trust. Because this might be a little bit of a shock to you, but COVID-19 was not a shock to God. He's not sitting in heaven with his worry beads going, oh my goodness, what am I going to do about COVID? He's already gone past it, through it, made a way through it. And our response is to trust and to walk and to walk through it with him. This is not a shock to God. And I'm so grateful to be a person of faith in this season. And the thing about seeds, I want to talk about seeds today. The thing about seeds is this, that what is planted will grow. What is planted and nurtured will grow, unless it's my fiddle leaf fig. It doesn't seem to be doing very much of either at the moment, but let's not talk about that. But what is planted will grow. So my mum went into a, into a care facility just over a year ago, and, you know, she, she's quite elderly, for a long time, her garden was amazing. She saw these garden beds like older people tend to do and not covered in bark chip like or pebbles or anything that's going to, or weed mat or anything that's constructive in that way. And so her garden had kind of gone to seed a little bit um, when Levi and Talitha moved back from Taiwan and they moved into her house and they gave great attention to the garden beds and they got rid of all the weeds and they put weed and feed on the, on the lawn and all the weeds disappeared and the garden beds looked amazing. It was awesome. And then they bought their own house, which is awesome. Yeah. About this over two months ago. And I have been inattentive at best to my mother's yard. And when I went the other day, I thought overnight, there were like weeds this high. They'd just taken over because I'd been inattentive about keeping the garden bed turned over, the weeds pulled out. I hadn't weed and feeded. Is that even a word? I hadn't used weed and feed on the, on the grass. So there was clover coming through any, everywhere. And I should have been more intentional about maybe keeping it under control. And the other thing about seeds is that they produce after their own kind. So I can't, I can't think that weeds one day are going to miraculously turn into flowers or something beautiful or a beautiful tree that's going to grow in my garden or, or something that's going to produce something useful to me. Weeds produce after themselves just as good seed produces after itself. So we can intentionally plant in our life things that will bring life and hope and trust and faith and joy. And we need to, even in this season. See, I feel like in this season, we need to be even more intentional than we've been in the past. Because a lot of us have just gone into, including myself, cruise mode. We'll just see how it pans out. Well, I just saw how my mother's garden panned out and it wasn't very pretty. It took a lot of work for me to pull those weeds out and get rid of them and to get it back to what it should have been. Because you can't reap a harvest from seeds you haven't planted. And the harvest that you reap is dependent on the kind of seeds that you plant. So I guess this morning I want to talk about 
What sort of seeds are you planting in your life? And what sort of seeds are you planting in your home? And what sort of seeds are you planting in your workplace, in your school ground, in your circle of influence? What sort of seeds are you planting now for the harvest that you want to walk into in the next season? Because if you do what I did in my mother's garden, I tell you what you're going to walk into. Weeds. So if this season you are sitting, planting seeds of fear, planting seeds of doubt, planting seeds of mistrust, planting seeds of depression, you're not going to wake up miraculously one morning and find it's all different. Because what you plant and water is what you will reap in the next season. And we don't want to do that. We want to walk into a great season. Galatians 6, 7 and 8 says this, Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests crops of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. I don't know about you, But I want to have a life that is amazing. And I feel like right now I need to be planting seeds that will see me harvest in the next season what I want in the next season and not just be lazy. Imagine if I had just a bag of seeds and I just decided to sit on it. So I've got lots of good seeds. I know all the good seeds. I know that I know trust and I, and I know faith and I know joy. They're all good seeds. And, I, and I, I know all these things and they're all good seeds that I have, but I'm just going to sit on them. Who knows that I am not going to reap anything in the next season because I haven't actually sowed them. So this morning, okay, oh well, a couple of, uh, actually this time last year, uh, I spoke to a friend of mine. We did, a, we did a sisterhood live with a friend of mine who, who quoted this quote, quoted this quote, who said this quote, and it has stuck with me for the last probably 18 months. And she said this, fruitfulness comes from honourable seeds. Now, I don't know about you, I want a fruitful life. Do you want a fruitful life? If fruitfulness comes from honourable seeds, then what do I need to be planting? And how do I do that to not just come out of this season and have to spend the next season pulling out the weeds of fear, mistrust, confinement, depression? What do I need to do now to walk into a season that is going to be fruitful and honourable for my life and for the lives of those around me? So we can determine We can determine the way we do the next season of our life now. So I want to encourage you this morning. I feel like we're a little bit on cruise control. But I want to encourage you this morning. Now is the time, church, to be planting great seeds for your next season. So I want to look at three practical things that we can do this morning that will help us walk into a fruitful season. Are you ready? Yes. Number one. Let go of the things you can't change and can't control. We don't like that, do we? Let go of the things you can't change and can't control. We can't control when the borders are going to open, when the borders are going to shut, when international travel is going to be on the, on the page again. We can't control that. We can't control when people do what they shouldn't do and spread the virus in places they shouldn't spread it. We can't control that. But we can sit worried, confined, and fearful 
And it makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. So you've got to let go of the things that you can't change and can't control. We like to think that. I think we like to think that they were masters of our own destiny. I will go here and I will do this. I will do, I'll build a house. Or, well, we used to be able to say I'll travel. We can't kind of say that as much now. But I'm in control of my life. And I think if anything this last season has shown us, potentially not. Potentially not. We can't, there are some things that we just can't change and we have no control over. Matthew 6, 27 says, So which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? You can't add anything to your life about worrying about things that you can't control. All you do is worry. You plant seeds of worry in your own life. You generally spread the seeds of worry all around you. And at the end of the day, it's about something that you can't control. And we get like this when we worry. We get all kind of, I'm so worried. And we clench our hands up. And you think about sowing. Sowing is doing this. Sowing is being open-handed. I'm just going to, I'm going to sow great things. When we get worried, we hang on to it. We don't sow it. And it's like I said before, we've got all these great seeds, but we hold them in here and they produce nothing because we're too worried to sow them in case something bad happens. And I would suggest God has given us great seeds to sow in the midst of this season, in the midst of this pandemic. God has given us, the church, the ability not just to be a a thermometer that measures what is going on around us, but a thermostat that rises up and sets the temperature, sets the temperature of faith, of hope, of possibility, of trust against seeds of doubt and fear. And things that cripple us, God has given us seeds of life, not just for ourselves in this season, but to sow out to those in the community around us. But sometimes we don't. We cling on to it because we just get so worried. And sometimes, just sometimes, you have to let it go. I've got a great example of needing to let things go. A number of years ago, actually quite a long time ago now, Nikki Seymour and Murray and Chris and myself went to Byron Bay and we were fishing. Well, they were fishing. I wasn't fishing. I'm terrible at fishing. So we were fishing. It was the end of the holiday and, uh, or the end of the few days that we'd had away and we had some bait fish left over. And so Nikki and I thought it would be great to feed the leftover bait fish to the seagulls. Because, you know, that's kind of cute and that's what you do. So, But we had this really big one. It was about this long, big fish. And so we were kind of, you know, feeding the seagulls. And we had our back to the rest of the beach. And unbeknownst to us, there were four enormous pelicans flying down the beach. You know how they do about this far over the sand and approaching us. And we kind of turned around. They do that big flap thing, you know, where they go. It's quite scary. All the sand comes up. Okay, so I'm scared of pelicans. You may not be. But anyway, it was quite intimidating at the time. And we did what any sensible person would do. We turned and ran because we were scared. Okay, don't judge me. We were scared and we ran and ran and ran. And to my dismay, the pelicans kept coming. Why? Because Nikki was running with the fish in her hand. And so what was the solution? Let it go. And there are things in your life, there are worries in your life, there are fears in your life that you just 
need to let go of. Let it go. Drop it on the beach. The minute we dropped it on the beach, we were not bothered by the pelicans anymore. And sometimes in our life, fear and worry, depression can be like those pelicans that are pursuing us. And we're like, I keep running, but I can't outrun them. Because we've sown seeds into our lives that keep attracting those same negative things, the same negative news reports, the same fearful-based social media posts. And we're running to try and find this new reality of God that is full of trust and faith and joy and hope. But we're running, hanging on to the fear and mistrust that we just simply need to let go. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. There's a lot of opinions out there at the moment, people. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision that you make. What is it today that you, that is a seed that is bringing weeds into your life? What is, the, what is the thing that you need to let go of today so that you can plant honourable seeds that will bring you into a faithful, uh, fruitful tomorrow? The second thing is this. Think, speak and act with honour. More than ever before, this is pertinent. Think, speak and act with honour. If you want to plant seeds for your future, if you want to be fruitful, if you want to be that light on the hill that the church is called to be, we need to think, speak, and act with honour. The way that we think, the seeds that we think from, determines the way that we speak, the seeds that we sow, which then determines the way that we act. And so we need to make sure that the way that we think is in line with the way that God thinks. If we want an honourable, fruitful future that is without fear, that is without doubt, that is full of trust, then we need to think the way God thinks. And God says, what? All things are possible. God is a great, a God of breakthrough. God says that we don't need to fear. God says that we should trust him with our whole heart, but it begins right here where we think. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. God says, my life. He's given me, Jesus came that he would give me life to the full until it overflowed. That's the God-shaped life. God says that I don't need to fear. God says that he will make a way where there seems to be no way. That's the God-shaped life. And that is where the church, we need to make sure that our thoughts begin there. Because the other things come in, the the warped philosophies, the, the barriers that are erected against the truth of God. We'll never get through this. This is our new normal. We're never going to do it. You know, it's all gloom and doom out there, people, except that God says that it isn't. So it's in the way that we think. Once we have our thinking right, then our speaking needs to follow. You know, I have nearly worn myself out with conspiracy theorists over the last little while. 
I have one at a coffee shop that I go to every day, every, every day. And, you know, and I, I'm like, you know, this is this and this is that. And he's got every philosophy and every whatever and blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, no, you know, but there is this hope. I have this hope as a steadfast anchor to my soul. I have this hope because I know Jesus, because my life is that Christ-shaped life. I have hope. So I speak words that are encouraging. I don't argue with him. Can I just say, if you've got a conspiracy theorist in your midst, arguing is not going to work. Just speak life. Just speak life. Just speak life. There's an immense power in the way that we speak. You know, I often say, you can't control what happens to you in life, but you can always control your response. You can't control, I can't control what has happened with COVID, but I can always control my response. And my response is going to be one of faith, it's going to be one of hope, it's going to be one of, of trust. And I'd love to just say too on this, just on this point, you know, I have just about had it with the naysayers, with our government at the moment. I've just about had it. You know, I would not want to be in politics. You could give me all the gold in the world, I would not do it. And as the church, you know, they're going to get things wrong, they're people. But as the church, they need our support. They need our prayer. They need us to pray for wisdom for them to navigate this circumstance. They need us to be the people standing there going, it doesn't matter which party it is. I'm not banging on about parties, but we need to speak well. We need to stop entering into things about what Gladys is wearing today. No one cares what Gladys is wearing today. The woman looks exhausted. How about we pray? How about we pray for her? Lord, give her wisdom. Give her the ability to walk through this season that you've put her in and to get get New South Wales to a great place out of lockdown. How about we pray for our state leaders, our national leaders, our worldwide leaders. How about we pray that God would just fill them, that they would get to such a point of desperation that they would go, I need Jesus. How amazing would that be? Instead of being like, oh my God, is she going to wear her blue outfit again today? Who cares? Okay, think, I mean, speak, think and act with honour. Enough said? Be intentional is the third thing. Sowing is intentional. A farmer doesn't sit at home and just hope that the ground gets planted. Neither does he rely on last year's planting to take him into the next season. I feel like some of us are sitting here thinking, well, last season was a pretty good one. This is like a pause season. I'll just wait it out and the next season will be a good one. You have to be intentional. You have to be intentional with the seeds that you sow in this season. If you plant nothing, if you plant fear, if you plant doubt, if you plant mistrust, if you plant depression, if you plant worry, that's the season you will walk in. The thing that I noticed with my, my mother's garden is those weeds came up overnight. I had to be intentional in pulling them out so that good things could grow. They weren't going to just take themselves out. Fruitfulness comes from intentionality. It takes work. And in this season, it takes work. It takes work to 
kind of insulate yourself from all the negative stuff that is out there. It takes work, church, to be the ones that stand up and say, no, I will believe that God is for me. I will believe that we will walk through this. I will trust. I will trust in the fact that I have a God who has said we will get through this and we will get through that. He's never going to leave or abandon me. I will believe that. I will be intentional about speaking that over my life and over the lives of those around me. We intentionally focus on aligning our lives with Jesus. You can have the right seeds. You can know Scripture. You can know the verses. You can know the truth. But if you don't sow them, You're not going to reap a harvest from them. And not only are you not going to reap a harvest from them, but the people in your family, the people in your workplace, the people in our community, the girl that scans your groceries at Woolies, the coffee shop people, the people at your gym, they're not going to reap a harvest either if we keep the seeds that we have to ourselves. We need to be intentional in sowing them out. How crazy would it be to just have all this stuff to actually go by and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a gonna feast on pumpkin soup next winter. So I'm gonna buy a packet of pumpkin seeds and I'm gonna put them in my pantry. Yeah. Is that not crazy? Yeah. You're not gonna have pumpkins. I'll tell you what you're gonna have next season. You're gonna have pumpkin seeds. Yeah. We need to intentionally sow them. Yeah. And it's the same with fruitfulness. We need to sow honorable seeds to harvest fruitfulness in our next season. So we need to intentionally forgive. You know, the government is going to make mistakes. People around us are going to make mistakes. Conspiracy theorists are going to drive you nuts. We need to intentionally forgive. Because I don't know about you, but I've said and done some pretty crazy things in my life. We need to speak well. Church, this is a call to rise today. We need to speak well. We need to rise up. We need to be committed to growth. More than ever, our world needs us to be faith-filled and optimistic. We need to not become offended by things. You know, God has called us, church, to be the city on the hill, the light to the rest of the world. And a lot of us have have gone, you know, through life going, I want to make a difference. Well, this season, you can. You can do that. By sowing seeds, honourable seeds, good seeds for a harvest in your life and others that will align with the Word of God and bring us through this season fruitful. Avoid offence. It's so easy to get offended with people at the moment. But for us, church, we're going to stand. We're going to rise. We're going to shine. We're going to bring positive faith-filled speech and action into our communities. We're going to hold up weary hands. We're going to pray for the sick and see them healed. We're going to pray for wisdom in our governments and our communities that we would walk through this and not come out a ragtag bunch at the end of it, but come out strong and fruitful and ready for the next season. And it will be worth it because not only will you find that you grow, that your next season will be bigger and more amazing than you could ever hope or imagine. 
You'll walk into a season where you're fully prepared. You're on the front foot. You're not kind of peddling to catch up because you've been on the front foot all the way through with your faith, with your hope and with your trust. So let go of the things you can't change and control. What are those things that you need to let go of? What are those little nagging worry things that are chasing you down every day of your life? Can I just encourage you, turn them over. Trust God. Maybe you've got a small business that's been affected. Trust God. Maybe your health, maybe you've got someone in your your world whose health's been affected. Trust God. Have faith. Stand on the promises of God. Think, speak and act with honour. Let's not be in the midst of the naysayers, the ones in the stands who throw the rocks and criticise. Let's be on the forefront of bringing solutions, of praying for wisdom, of bringing a sense of community and hope into those around us. And let's be intentional. Let's leave this place intent on bringing life, intent on bringing hope, intent on sowing good things, possibility, opportunity, faith, hope, breakthrough, healing, Now more than ever, our community needs us to do that. Fruitfulness comes from honourable seeds. Why don't we stand together? I'd love to pray with you today. Lord, I just thank you today for who you are, that you are the God of the possible, that you are the God that says you will make a way where there seems to be no way. I thank you that you are a God of healing, that you are a God of hope, that you are a God of purpose, that you are a God of joy. And Lord, I just thank you today for us as we leave this place, your church, as we go out as seeds into our community, that we would sow seeds of faith, that we would be intentional, that we would be that, that light on the hill, that city on a hill that brings hope and joy and breakthrough and possibility to those around us. And for our own lives, Lord, I pray, that we would intentionally begin to pull out the weeds that have grown, those weeds of fear, those weeds of worry, those, those weeds of negativity and allow your spirit to come and fill those places with things that align us with who you are, your greatness, your possibility, your opportunity, your faith, your love, your trust. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. May we bring a change to our own lives. May we sow change into those around us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, maybe you're here today and church is not normally your thing. Someone's brought you along. It might be on a bit of a journey. And, you know, I remember when I first encountered the church, the magnificent thing that is the church. I remember I'd come from a, from a background that was quite negative. I saw negativity all the time. I was fierce, fearful didn't know what life held and the thing that I loved about the church was exactly what I just spoke about and maybe you're here today and you're going I want that for my life I don't want to live worried about tomorrow I don't want to live fearful I want to live a life where I can stand and trust and have faith and believe that there is a better life for me and that life is here for you today Levi's going to come and and speak to that a little bit more. But let's go out, church. Let's go out and be the church. Let's go out intentionally. 
pulling out the weeds in our life and putting and aligning our lives with the Word of God, going out and planting great seeds, not only for our next season, but for our community around us. Amen. Thanks, Levi. Why don't we thank Pastor Sue? What a great practical message.